Hi, I'm Dan Goddard, and I'm an associate here in the commercial team at Shoesmiths. Thanks for tuning in to our next ShoePod session, where I'll be talking about warranties with my colleague, Dan Gretrex. Hi all, so I'm Dan Gretrix, as Dan said, and I'm also an associate in the Shoesmiths commercial team. Dan, we're going to spend a few minutes running through warranties in a commercial contract, and every commercial contract which, which we review has a party warranting something. What do we actually mean when we talk about warranties? Well, it's quite interesting because warranties has kind of quite a broad meaning. It's used in a lot of different contexts. So, you know, if you're purchasing, say, some windows, you might get a manufacturer's warranty where they otherwise guarantee that they'll be in good condition for a certain Mm. amount of time. But in the context of a contract for the supply of goods and services, we're really talking about a promise or an assurance about a statement of fact as at the date you enter into the contract. Why do we need warranties? Why do we care about what either party is warranting? So ultimately, it comes down to recourse. So you're entering into a contract and there's certain things that you'll want to be assured of. So a good example of that, firstly, is that the counterparty can enter into the contract. Let's take an intellectual property uh, contract or a software contract where the supplier is licensing you a piece of software you'll want assurances that they have the right to provide that software because what if they don't own the software? Or if they don't own the software, do they have a license to it Mm -hmm. from from the original creator? If they don't have that right and they pass it on to you and you're then using the software, that would be in breach of someone else's intellectual property Mm -hmm. rights and that could potentially leave you exposed uh, to a claim from the actual owner or the actual licensor of that. So what we do as lawyers is make sure that we have recourse against the counterparty. So if we're subject to a claim, we can bring a claim against that counterparty. So it's another mechanism to to manage risk and making sure that we have comfort before we enter into the contract. Exactly that. And and warranties are also often kind of elements that are implied or they're intrinsic to it. So they're almost assumed by the parties to apply. For example, again, taking that software example, you wouldn't enter into a contract with me if I wasn't going to agree that I owned that software or I had the right to license mm, that yeah. software. So it just wouldn't work. So in your your standard commercial contract, goods, services, IT, what warranties are you expecting to see? Is there a, a complete list or does it depend on the, the, the issues in hand? As you'd imagine, It depends on the issues at hand, but there's certain core warranties that you typically expect. And it really does depend whether it's a contract for the supply of goods or services. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in the context of goods, if I'm acting for a customer, I'd want the supplier to warrant that they have good title to those goods. You know, I don't want them to be stolen. I don't want to receive goods that haven't been paid for that have retention of title clauses because I might not then have, you know, valid ownership of those goods. Conversely, if I'm uh, providing some services in a highly regulated sector, I might want assurances from the supplier that they hold all the permits Mm. or they hold all the licenses or regulatory approvals that they need to provide those services. Because ultimately, it could come back to me as the customer. You know, that's where the bite is. If I'm exposed either from a regulatory point of view or from a kind of individual claim point of view, again, I want recourse from that supplier. So it's a slightly different topic, but if you can imagine your commercial contract, you have 
the customer warrants ABC, the supplier warrants XYZ. And sometimes there can be a to and fro between the parties on whether it's a warranty or a representation. What What is the difference between the two? So there's warranties, representations, but undertakings are also kind of relevant. They're the three. Um, if you pick up a commercial contract, they're often bound together. Mm-hmm. So again, it'll be that, you know, the supplier warrants, represents and undertakes. A warranty is a statement of fact, well, a statement that something is true mm-hmm. as at the date of the contract. Yeah. It's not forward looking and nor is it backwards looking. Representations tend to be something that's been said in the past. So as an inducement to enter into the contract. So I might tell you that I can manufacture these goods to a certain specification or I can, I don't know, I have the right to do something. And that induces you into the contract. And then you have an undertaking, which tends to be forward looking. So I will do this. So a promise. I will do that. Exactly. Well, warranties, that's where it gets confusing because warranties can be promises as well, right? But it's a promise that... I promise that as at the date of this contract, this is the state of play. It's not about something you do. The main difference really is in relation to what happens if there is a breach of that warranty representation undertaking, uh, particularly between warranties and representations. Because with a warranty, it's typically, and I'll come on to the comparison between warranties and conditions shortly, but Warranties, typically, if there's a breach of warranty, you'd only be entitled to damages arising from that breach. Conversely, with a representation, there's claims for misrepresentation. So that's where if that party didn't tell you that thing and you wouldn't have gone into that contract had you known that that was false, then not only can you terminate the contract, but you can also claim damages. And it's that ability to rescind the contract as, as you're here um, that is the main differentiator. And you mentioned conditions there. And again, lawyers can often get bogged down with whether something's a condition of the contract or just a warranty or another another term. When we say condition, what what's the difference between a condition and the warranties and the undertakings, which you just previously mentioned? Very simplistically, a condition goes to the core of the contract. So it's so important that if there is a breach, either party or the non-defaulting party should be able to terminate. So we discussed on another shoe pod the concept of time being of the essence. So that's where the time for performance or exercise of a right is so critical that if it's missed, the non-defaulting party should be able to terminate. Conversely, a warranty is deemed as not as important. So it's damages. It wouldn't automatically allow you to, to terminate. But As commercial contract lawyers, what we'll often do is build in termination rights that says, well, okay, yes, one breach of that warranty may not give rise to an automatic termination right, but rather X amount will, or there's the concept of material breach through persistent breaches. So there's a lot to consider there in terms of a contract lands on your desk and you can't just take it as read whether something's a warranty and undertaking a condition. I suppose to, to finish it off, what really are the top three things to remember out when you're looking at a contract and you've got warrants and represents in there? If you're reading warranty, you could read it as, I promise that as at the date of this contract, X. So the supplier warrants that it has the rights to grant the intellectual property license. So that's kind of main number one point. 
Number two is if you are giving a warranty, that warranty should be limited to the state of play as at the date of the contract. So often customers will want to bundle those warranties, representations and undertakings together. And you can trip yourself up if you're warranting the state of something that could happen in the future. The third critical thing and critical takeaway point, I guess, is breach of warranty will not entitle or won't typically entitle a non-defaulting party to terminate. They'll just be able to claim damages um, arising from that breach. There's a lot to think about there. That's been really helpful, Dan. Uh, thanks for joining us today, and we'll see what comes up on the next shoe pod session. Thank you.